Let's take a quick break and hear from today's show sponsor. Are you struggling to close deals? Cold outreach can be a slow and brutal process. And in many scenarios, it's just wasting the time of both the buyer and the seller, especially when business owners who are trying to find qualified buyers are using inaccurate and outdated data. But it doesn't have to be this way. With LinkedIn Sales Navigator, your organization can overcome these challenges by leveraging this amazing technology and platform that translates comprehensive, high quality buyer data into real-time insights and sales. These deeper insights empower sales reps and teams to adopt the habits of top performers, which leads to much better outcomes like building a bigger pipeline with real customers, leading to higher win rates and conversions, and of course, larger deals and paydays all around. We call this Deep Sales, and LinkedIn has built the first Deep Sales platform with the next generation of LinkedIn Sales Navigator. Right now, our Millionaire Mindcast family has an amazing opportunity to try LinkedIn Sales Navigator and get a 60-day free trial at linkedin.com forward slash mindcast. That's linkedin.com forward slash mindcast for a 60-day free trial. Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to linkedin.com forward slash mindcast and get started. Well, when you look at the facts that about half a percent of Bitcoin holders control about 65% of Bitcoin in circulation, that's a concerning item for anybody because it's too much power concentrated in one area. And then the thing that is interesting, I think you might be touching on, is the fact of how it's being issued in the form of an ETF. It would be the equivalent of somebody that buys a gold ETF, which is how I buy gold for my clients, arguing that they physically hold gold, but you don't. You hold certificates that are representative of the gold ounces that are being held on your behalf, but you don't hold that gold. Now you're going to have people paying expense ratios, so expenses to buy Bitcoin. So now there's going to be a fee for that. We were buying Grayscale, Ethereum, and Bitcoin Trust you know, in 2021 and some into 2022. And then the whole regulatory things clamped down and we just can't. What's going on, guys? Welcome into today's show. As always, your host, Matty A., my co-host, Mr. Breedwell. What's up, y'all? We cover all things stocks, real estate, investing, and personal finance on this show to help you on your wealth-building journey, ultimately just so we can talk about some cool shit that's going on in the stock market, real estate mm-hmm. market. And, you know, we like to sprinkle in a little politics to keep it spicy. You got me. If you are new to the show, welcome. Hit that subscribe button so you never miss another episode. These are the, honestly, these are the conversations that matter. It's it's cutting through all the BS that you see online. It was crazy. A lot of what we were uh, talking about on a podcast the other day, Ryan, was how how much headline news is legitimately like opposite day. It feels uh, like yeah, like, like you see one headline and then you literally like blah 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 per business insider, and then the next headline is the complete opposite per whatever company or publication. And it's one of those things where we love having these conversations and and cutting through all the BS to really just get down to the brass tacks and and decipher what's going on. And what does that mean for you and your money? So if you enjoy the show, all we ask, share it with somebody, leave a review. And of course, uh, many of you have been taking advantage of the free financial portfolio review, the financial x-ray that Ryan and his team do for free for all our Millionaire Mindcast listeners. If that's something that you want to do, connect with Ryan and his team. 
just text the word X-ray to 844-447-1555. Ryan and his team will do a complete complimentary workup for you on your portfolio. They'll go through it with a fine tooth comb, give you any of their thoughts, feedback, opinions, and you can do with it whatever you want. But at least you've got another professional opinion to, you know, work through and see how those types of things may impact your investment journey going forward. And of course, for my credit investors, if you want to look at different syndication opportunities that I get my hands on that I decide I'm going to invest in or put my money behind, you can get on that list. You got to be an accredited investor by texting the word deals to 844-447-1555 as well. And don't forget to check out all the great store specials we got for you guys in the Millionaire Mindcast store. A lot of cool products in there around wealth building, habit tracking, organization, and building a bigger and better life. So go to shop.millionairemindcast.com. You guys can check out all that stuff as well. So this week, first off, I'm a little I'm a little slow today. I know you're a little slow today. You're oh, under- yeah. I'm tired from being at the mothership last night. My boy Joe Rogan, Shane Gillis, so many amazing comedians last night. It was freaking awesome. I'm out here uh, in Austin for a GoBundance event. Um, and I got first text landed, hit the ground, opened up my phone and it's, do you want to go to the mothership and see Joe Rogan tonight? And I was like, does a bear shit in the woods? Of course I do. So, uh, I was at that, I was out there until like one in the morning, a little tired, but dude, it was freaking hilarious. The downside is when you walk in, they completely patch you down. Then they they get your phone and they put it in this case and they lock it. So you can't take any videos, any photos inside the mothership. It's a really cool old venue in uh, Austin on 6th Street. And it was hilarious because these freaking comedians, they obviously play to it, but... Um, they're like, oh, your phones are locked up. Okay, I can say whatever I want. And I mean, they were going in on all the most controversial topics. They would have made they made us look like child's play. Let's just say that. <laughs> yeah, I bet. <laughs> but it was uh, it was a lot of fun. Little tired. But that being said, we got some reports that have come out this week. We do whatever we can to make sure we never miss a week. And uh, we, uh, what five thirty your time. Bright and early. It is 5.52 a.m. That's how committed Mr. Breedwell is. I'm a couple hours ahead, so I got a little bit easier. But that being said, some reports came out today that um, I guess wouldn't we wouldn't say are, are good news, not necessarily bad news, but what did you see that came out regarding the markets today um, that you're paying attention to? We had some softening in the job reports. Um that's come out so far. Market's pretty open, so I'm just watching futures. Uh, it looks like right now the tail end on the um, bond futures is rallying, so yields are going down, but the front end of the curve is uh, yields are rising, so that's a little unhealthy. Um, nothing to make a note of, just a day-to-day movement, and that could definitely change by the end of the day. Um, U.S. firms added about 103,000 jobs um, once revised and everything that, that was the report that came out this morning, looking for about 125,000, 103 came in, I believe. Um, that's not a terrible, terribly good news, but it's also not bad news. Looks like stocks, like I said, are, are reacting modestly well to that news. We had some earn, we have some earnings coming up this week. The big uh, 
trade that's been going on right now, what people have been talking about is uh, gold hitting an all-time high, uh, as well as uh, the move away, more breadth being um, experienced in the stock market away from what's called the Magnificent Seven. So uh, we used to have uh, FANG stocks. You know, It's like a little term for a group of individual stocks, the Magnificent Seven, Apple, Amazon, Google, Microsoft, those, those NVIDIA, those are names. Uh, they're not moving away from them as uh selling them they may be selling overweight positions and buying other things which is a good which that's good that's a positive thing got it Um, we don't want people we don't want seven companies moving the the market as a whole uh we want breadth or participation to happen more in small caps and nano caps and we're starting to see that happen so what 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 does gold hitting an all-time high mean i'm just thinking peter Schiff is just loving Loving this little season, right? Uh, but what, what? But what does that mean, right? Generally, when people move to gold, it means something based on what's going on. Or is gold just being seen as a different vehicle of in store of value now? That based on where we're at in the market, it's telling you something. I think the correlation being with the the rally in Bitcoin, which is seen as you know digital gold. I'm not calling it that, just what a lot of people have uh, touted it as. I think that correlation is helping. Um, the volume levels on the movement in gold are pretty sharp and, and aggressive. So I don't know if there's some sort of squeeze or shorting happening. Um, but one of the things that's interesting is how long it took for gold to get to where it is. Because back in 2011, it was trading at you know 1900 and some odd dollars an ounce so not super far off where it is now and it took it over 12 years to get back to where it's at now so although in the short term very interesting news always good to talk about all-time highs in any sort of asset or security be it speculative or non but i'm still not more overweight in gold for my clients that I hold it for than um, than I currently am. I don't hold gold for my personal portfolio for stuff like your portfolio. We don't hold gold. It's just not um, aggressive enough. It doesn't make a high enough rate of return long term and it's not yielding. So you really do have to swing trade it, meaning you have to try to buy it when you do buy it while it's low to try to catch an upside trend on it in order to make a long term rate of return. Because if you just hold it, it doesn't pay you anything, nothing reinvests. And so, you you know, everybody who bought in August 2011, uh, if they held to now, which I'm sure there are some people, this is the first time in 12 years they've seen green. Dang. And so that that is, a, a to me, that's one of the reasons I try to stay away with too, too much gold. Sometimes up to 5 to 8% of a portfolio for us, um, but we don't go much higher than that. Now, we saw you know, gold and kind of this discussion and correlation for some time around bricks, 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 the dollar devaluing, losing its stability. The world is moving away from it. Look at what bricks is doing. I mean, I think we, I brought it up to you probably a, a couple months, you know, uh, in a row. And that was the headline narrative. And so many countries were kind of starting, not so many countries, but some countries were starting to make some alliances and get on board. And then all of a sudden, that conversation and narrative just dropped off a cliff. What happened there? And is there any correlation to gold in that capacity? I think that the whole, well, 
I knew that the whole BRICS thing was a, was a bunch of crap. You just can't have third world countries or developing countries back a world used currency and then back it with gold that they may or may not have. China, I would anticipate, is going to continue buying of gold at the levels and the values that it's at right now. So I would expect gold to maybe travel to the 22 range before we see any volatility uh, pulling back. But BRICS was a joke, still is a joke. And like I said everybody to everybody then, it isn't not going to happen. That's not going to go anywhere. And that's why it's completely disappeared from any sort of headline news or news outlets because it, they, they've caught on to the same thing that I did. It was a big... It's a big charade. They're just trying to cause volatility for the U.S. dollar in a political move that was very subdued and not very effective, in my opinion. So um, BRICS is a joke. Anybody who takes it serious. Um, I actually had a conversation with a client. He was like, oh, what do you think about BRICS? I think it's a pretty big fucking joke. I mean, the fact that somebody would think that China and India and Brazil and Russia, um, well, what was the S? It was Saudi Arabia? Yeah, I think it was Saudi. That was yeah. fucking people. Yeah, no, man. Not going to happen. I know it, the craziest thing is like people like want these like fringe ideas to like happen and they call me and they're like trying to tell me how they know you don't know shit. None of that's going to happen. It's too much, too much movement. Too much money would be lost at the top end. I try to tell people all the time, they, whoever they are, that make a lot of money, in the, in the market and and the market makers and the people that trade in dark pools, they are not going to allow stuff like that to happen because it would lose them money. It's very simple. So they're going to set the market up all weekend to make sure that doesn't happen. They're going to do it after market close all week to make sure that doesn't happen. And they're going to make stuff happen in the Fed and they're going to make stuff up. There's just too many systemic items moving for that to work. And also it would take hundreds of years to decouple the U.S. dollar from where it is right now. Hundreds. It's not like yeah. something that can happen overnight. So in our lifetime, this is an irrelevant conversation. Well, the U.S. has done a damn good job in our, uh, you know, U.S. currency being woven into the, fa- into the fabric of every single, at least strong economy around. Major developing. Right. And ask Everybody on the Belt Road Initiative, I think that's what it was called, the Belt Road Initiative, where China went out and they gave them a bunch of money or they thought they were being given money, but they were really crappy loans. And now those countries are hugely indebted to China. You go look at places like Malaysia, littered with ghost cities. You go look at uh, parts of China, littered with ghost cities. This is not a country or a political establishment that you could trust uh, any more than the person that that's uh, thinking about robbing you, <laughs> because all they're trying to do is find a way to get over on uh, their investors, their consumer, or whoever they work with in a roundabout way that benefits them. Yep, absolutely. Now we've been talking a little bit more about Bitcoin lately. You're seeing some of the bigger players. Talks of regulation, you know, continuing to further. I think the Bitcoin ETF has continued to be something that more and more people are talking about, which is kind of, I guess, interesting or ironic, right? Being that one of the biggest hedge funds in the world is getting involved, creating their ETF. And what is it, BlackRock uh, or is it Blackstone's 
Yeah, BlackRock, which Black. is eons larger than Blackstone. Used to be the same company, but no longer. And and they're offering kind of their own ETF, which is ultimately, you think that is a way to get more people who actually don't want to kind of run run the lead on playing in that space because they don't feel comfortable, but maybe a bigger institution like that is give is being the bridge for getting more people into that world. Well, when you look at the facts that about half a percent of Bitcoin holders control about 65% of Bitcoin in circulation, that's a concerning item uh, for anybody because it's too much power concentrated in one area. Um, And then the thing that is interesting, I think you might be touching on, is the fact of how it's being issued in the form of an ETF. It would be the equivalent of somebody that buys a gold ETF, which is how I buy gold for my clients, arguing that they physically hold gold. You don't. You hold certificates that are representative of the gold ounces that are being held on your behalf, but you don't hold that gold. And so now you're going to have people paying expense ratios, so expenses to buy Bitcoin. So now there's going to be a fee for that. Um, we were buying Grayscale, Ethereum, and Bitcoin Trust you know, in 2021, some into 2022, and then the whole regulatory things clamped down. We just can't. Um, or we can, but we shouldn't is really what it is. Um, I don't think, I, I ultimately don't see it as a positive though, because it's completely, it's forcing forward the mechanism of being able to move and trade and, and have an, some sort of open market with Bitcoin, but doing it in a way that's completely bass backwards to its white paper. Mm. It's like, that's not what, that's like, I can't even think about that's. I don't know how to give you a good scenario off the top of my head, but it's like taking something and using it and calling like taking a tire and using it as a steering wheel. I mean, I guess you can, it's a circle, but it's not its main usage. It's it's usage is to get away from the black rocks. And it, and this is why I keep telling people regulation is ultimately going to be the end game for all cryptocurrency. And the big projects that will be successful know and understand that. There's no world where 65% of anything is owned by half a percent of that populace and the other 35% needs to be dispersed. Can you imagine how that would look? I mean, that would that would be so bad. And that's one of the reasons that the price of Bitcoin goes so high. So you have to realize what that would mean if we did use something like that for a currency. You would wake up every single day and your purchasing power could be 10, 20, 30% less just because you got something at the wrong time. And that's not fair to consumers, especially middle class and lower middle class. So this is another reason, another nail in the coffin, I think. Um, I think BlackRock knows exactly what they're doing. I don't think they want to make money on it. I mean, maybe in the short term. Yep. I think they're going to try to get a beat, uh, spot ETF. It's going to tank the price of it because now people can sell it very quickly. And I think that's going to pull the price back quite a bit. I could be completely wrong, but um, to all my Bitcoin boys, until Bitcoin gets back above 66000 please suck my big toe and freaking hit my assistant line <laughs> if you need to see. There is nothing. It's it's like bragging about buying Amazon at 100 I, it's, you're, back it's, up, you're back up to freaking $71 bragging to me because you dropped to 50. Don't. You guys have no 
say still. The only people that have been making money on Bitcoin that I know about is MicroStrategy. There's, that's, I don't agree with, with Mr. Saylor on putting that much of his company's assets in that area. I think it's highly speculative and extremely, I mean, there's a reason they kicked him off the board. Um, but they have a $2.3 billion unrealized gain and facts are facts. And I'm not, I'm not mad that they made that money. Mm-hmm. You should just take that money and redeploy it somewhere that it can actually do something versus staring at you on a piece of paper. Yeah, it's interesting how many people have said this and how many memes and headlines I've seen over the last five, six years. Bitcoin's going to 100,000. Bitcoin's going to a million. They're all back. They go anyway, away and then they come back. It's, it's crazy to me. But it, I think it's, again, it just shows I like to track data and watch what people say, what actually happens, what people say, what actually happens, right? And when you look at the track record of, we'll just say Bitcoin specifically, unless you were one of those early, early bulls, there's so many more productive ways to use your investment dollars right now than, you know, playing in such a heavy speculative stock or, or you know, place like uh, Bitcoin or some of these, you know, other crypto coins. But that being said, uh, that conversation, you know, is going to continue to fly around for sure. uh, different investors. And I think they're going to continue, obviously. I'm sure, to- I'm sure some of the homies down at GoBundance would absolutely have a laugh at me for what I'm saying. And the thing... Uh, there, dude, there's, you see some of the threads in, in our, our chats? I mean, there's a handful of Bitcoin bulls. There's going to be... There's always a couple and they are wrong. But yeah. there's, there is a significant amount of guys that are like, Stocks, business, real estate. I don't get it. I'm not touching it. And it's, I would See, say, I'm not going to waste my time trying to relearn something brand new that I did. Yeah. Benefit. Well, and I think that's such a good point, right? I think there is certain things that are worthy of investigation, education, learning, and, and putting that tool on your tool chest, right? Because it's a proven path in vehicle or skill set that you need to learn to earn and to create wealth. This isn't one of them. I, I just don't buy this being one of those things. Are you that still is- in or are you out? Of Bitcoin? Mm-hmm. I'm still holding it. I'm still holding mine with the with the understanding that ultimately it's it's not money I need. It's like you said, you know, the the whether it's gold or other, you know kind of diversified, speculative investment plays, mine's all less than 5% of my portfolio. So, and I'm not, and I haven't bought anything new since that. (coughs) I bought off of the hype in 2017, (coughs) and I think I bought it when it was like 12 something, a little under 13. So it's not like I got in super early, but I'll sit, I'll let it sit there. But that being said, I'm deploying my dollars where I feel confident in the vehicle, in myself or in you, in the person, right, that I'm giving my dollars to, I don't feel any confidence except, the, you know, roll the dice, open, pray and wish that it gets to a million. So I'm looking good. But the, the belief that that's actually going to happen, I'd rather put any new investing dollars that I have to deploy into other things that I know proven when executed properly, done over an extended period of time in true tried and trusted vehicles of investments i'm gonna i'm gonna come out way further ahead than playing the speculation game hoping that maybe i strike a a 10 bagger right Mm -hmm. i couldn't agree more the 
the plain vanilla ice cream is not the best flavor, but man, it's it's it is always there. Yeah, the base of everything. Absolutely. Now with rate uh, futures right now, uh, any shifts or changes based on data that came out this week to the cuts in March or May that we've been discussing? So I think uh, the only thing that's of note is it's now definitely consensus that there's going to be cuts in uh, March. Shout out to showing agents around the United States. Hope you guys are listening. The um, In January, that that is teetering between 12 and 15% right now as far as a cut happening next month, which is kind of crazy to me. I'm not necessarily sold on that unless something crazy happens. I still think that between uh, March and June of next year is when the cuts will begin. And I, I really do think it's going to happen uh, big, starting in March. Do you think um, it's going to be the, the six cuts or like they've been saying, you think it's going to be less or or maybe the, that amount, but a little bit between slower? Six seven cuts. Next year, you think six to seven cuts? Yeah, five minimum, but probably six and maybe seven. Wow. Is that, is that fair to say? So between, I guess, uh, for sure five and as, more, as much as seven. So now, we could be next year, we could be at 375 at this time. That would be crazy. Yeah. And that that that's totally a realistic scenario because people for you know, it looks like when you slide down, that looks pretty fast. They went up just as fast. Yeah. So we can go down that fast. And I would argue we have to come down that fast because if we don't lagging things will catch up and rear their ugly head. So when you go up fast, you really do have to come down fast. Just like if you go up slow, you have to come down slow. You can't shock the system in a different way than you've already shocked it. Mm. So they're going to have to come down hard and fast. I think in, in December of 2024, we'll be sitting at a, uh, between 375 and 4 or 4 to 425. So we'll have an interest rate range between 3.75 and 4.25 next uh, December, and that's 1% lower right now than where we are. Well, I know if that, uh, if, if and when that does happen, there's going to be a lot of happy uh, real estate professionals, mortgage professionals, and just overall, I think the, the housing market's going to respond really well to that kind of a interesting and shocking headline this week. Pending home sales dropped to a record low, even worse than during the financial crisis. Come on, that's good news. Which again, that is good for the economy. Good news, baby. Where pending home sales, uh, which is obviously a gauge of signed contracts on existing homes that are available for sale, uh, declined by 1.5% in October compared to September, which marks the lowest level uh, since the National Association of Realtors started tracking this data in 2001. Mm. So, and right now, I mean, dude, it is just people are stuck starving in that world right now. I mean, there's just no velocity of activity going on right now. And when you got what's going on with what the Fed is essentially the environment they have engineered and created, which is what they wanted, it hasn't brought prices down, but it has significantly slowed the velocity at which the system is moving, which is ultimately, you know, kind of what they wanted. They don't want to crush values. Um, I don't think they would have minded values, you know, pulling back a little bit, but they at least had to get the velocity at which things were growing and transacting and the demand around it curbed in some capacity or else it was going to run off 
in a way that was already unaffordable for, I mean, depending on what day you read a headline and the statistics says anywhere from, you know, 60 to 80 percent of, uh, you know, Americans right now can't afford a home in 90 percent of the country. So it is going to be something that I think is going to be very welcomed and very positive and productive for the housing industry. Um, If you own or invest in single family houses, I think there's still a very safe, stable, obviously one of the highest, you know, demanded and most critical components shelter uh, of living that, you know, is going to continue to be a great store of value and produce generally depending on how you're running your asset um, or what the model is tied to it you know, good, strong, stable returns. It's going to be really interesting next year when rates start cutting. And I think they're going to, this is going to be critical for all of those notes that are coming due that they got resetting rates. You know, there's people that need to refi. There's people that ultimately want to transact and buy something in the commercial real estate space that need those rates to come down bad and are kind of holding their breath, hoping that it, like you said, comes down and comes down quick because uh, there's a lot of maturing debt that could create some some more uh, you know of a snowball effect and a shitstorm in other facets of the market and some of these dominoes could be a little bit bigger that make some ripple waves that could create some shock waves throughout different parts of you know industries and the economy but in times of chaos is great opportunity I saw something right now um, Amer or what was it uh, the there was a report that noted there's approximately 900 and essentially 50 million square feet of strip mall space across the United States. This was a report uh, by the International Council of Shopping Centers. And they're looking at, they're doing a study right now on how converting just 10% of that in U.S. strip malls, which is generally in urban cores or in, you know, commercial cores in certain, you know, suburbs um, in good locations, just by converting 10% of those uh, could create 700,000 new homes. Um, And I think those are going to be some more things and headlines that we see investors and developers continuing to explore. There's this kind of renaissance that's going to, I think, happen in commercial real estate in a lot of ways. Life is never going to be the same as we all know post-COVID, and that includes investing. I'm not, I'm not sure if you feel that same way um, in, in your world and in the stock market, but it's like everything that we looked at, how we looked at it, and ultimately what we thought it predicted in the future pre-COVID and post-COVID are just two different – it's just two different worlds now. Are you interested in boosting your income by an extra $50,000 this year? If so, you're going to love what I've got in store for you. I am beyond excited to officially announce an incredible opportunity to join me in my exclusive mastermind, which will include myself and 25 other hand-selected investors who are actively pursuing commercial real estate in 2024 and want to be held accountable to making sure they buy their first or their next commercial real estate investment property that will net them a minimum of $50,000 a year. This mastermind group will not only teach you how to do that, how to find, how to analyze, how to structure and buy these types of commercial real estate investment properties, but you'll also have an opportunity to be a part of an intimate group of high achievers that are going to take your network 
and your resources to a whole nother level. But here's the catch. Like I mentioned before, this is exclusive. We're only selecting 25 ambitious individuals for our founding members group who are serious and ready to take that next step in their commercial real estate investing journey. So if you are ready to increase your passive income by at least $50,000 in the next year with commercial real estate investing, then this is your moment. These spaces are gonna fill up fast. And trust me, this is the one and only time to be a founding member, which comes with some pretty special benefits. So head over to myfirst50k.com and submit your application now. Again, that's my first. 50k.com. You can head over there, check out the program, see everything that it entails, submit your application to join, and I can't wait to connect with you soon. Yeah, our models definitely had to change to reflect the updates that happened, but I don't think anything got affected more than the real estate market. Mm -hmm. It was affected in a positive and now in a negative way due to the after effects of COVID, printing money, um, all that stuff. So that that more so affected real estate a lot more than the, than people in the stock market. I think it just showed people that anything can happen at any time in the stock market. So to be aware of that. Yep. Well, any final thoughts as we wrap up today? I'm about to head down to the conference and go talk about some wealth building. And here, here's one thing I'll leave leave you with. Um, we were at dinner last night. There was about 25 of us, and everybody kind of as we were going around the table. We're, um, we're saying, you know, one thing that was really positive and great this year and everybody sharing that and also one kind of challenge. And it was a one, it made me really grateful and two, uh, cause I'm not in this position, but there is a significant amount of people that their businesses are down. They've lost a significant amount of net worth in their real estate properties, or because their cash flow is down and they own commercial, their values have dropped, their cap rates have expanded, dealing with challenges in their businesses, uh, with you know personnel and people, and it just shows you it doesn't matter how how rich you are, how poor you are, you're you're never exempt from hardship and challenges. But it's ultimately the people who lean into those challenges and find opportunities for growth and find opportunities for investment as well in those times of challenge that, you know, allow you to still continue to move the needle forward instead of sitting on your hands, putting your head in the sand and crying about what's going on in the world or the market. You got to just get your hands dirty and get in there and lean in and make shit happen. But it was very interesting to hear how many people I've seen over the last five, six years and their businesses, especially in 2020, 2021, 2022 were rolling in dough. They were rolling in paper. And now some of them, a mill, two mil. One guy, his business was down $5 million. His balance sheet was down $20 million. Oh my gosh. Guess what? He was calm and cool. And he's like, you know what? I'm weathering this storm. I'm grateful that I'm in a position to weather this storm. And I know that if I stay the course, it's all going to come back if we do the right things, which is what you've always said, right? Hold on. Stay put. High quality and hold, baby. Quality and hold. And if you know whether that's your stocks, your business, right? Your real estate assets. If you're playing the long game, if you got the crockpot mindset over the microwave, you're going to come out net positive at the end of the day. So that being said... We will continue to keep you guys posted. We got more reports and data coming out next week. Don't forget to tune in. Uh, if you guys enjoy the show, again, share this out. 
uh, leave a review. And of course, if you're not subscribed, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. With that being said, keep investing in yourself and your wealth on your march to a million and beyond. We appreciate you guys. See you next week. Cheers, y'all. Well, that wraps up this week's episode of Money Moves. Be sure to tune in next week for more news and updates. And if you got some value from today's show, all we ask is that you take two minutes and leave a review in iTunes, where by doing so, you're going to get entered into win a $100 gift card. Also, don't forget to take advantage of Ryan's free financial x-ray on your investment portfolio. And to do so, all you have to do is text the word x-ray to 844-447-1555. What we have found by offering this out is most people have no idea what they're being charged from a fee perspective, or really in most cases, overcharged, and whether or not their current investment and financial plan is actually aligned with what they're trying to accomplish. And this is something that Ryan and his amazing team do for all of our listeners for free. So be sure to take them up on that. Again, that's x-ray, one word, 844-447-1555. Also, if you're an accredited investor and you're not on my deals list, be sure to text the word deals to 844-447-1555 to be notified of the private investment offerings my team and I put out. And last Don't forget to check out all the amazing products and resources that we offer to our Millionaire Mindcast family at MillionaireMindcast.com. Whether that's one-on-one coaching with me, mastermind events, calculators, the Rich Life Planner for those looking to take their goal setting and productivity to the next level, we've got all kinds of great and valuable tools available at MillionaireMindcast.com. With that being said, that's all for this week. Until next week's episode, keep investing in yourself and your wealth on your March 2 million and beyond. Cheers, my friends.